This is the Team Clear Coat Podcast. We're two friends finally doing something about our obsession with cars. We're probably not doing it well, but it should be fun. We might actually learn something along the way. I'm Ian. And I'm Dave. And this is our show. Ian. Dave. How's it going, buddy? Good. Good. We are back in the blanket fort for the after show. The after show to episode 77, Ian. What is the after show, Dave? The after show. So first of all, we're team fold clear our, coat. Fold your hands. Fold our hands. Yes. Uh-huh. What is the yep, after? This we is both the steeple. We both did this right? at the same time yep. for no uh-huh. reason. <laughs> right? The serious talk. This is the steeple. Open yep. the doors and look at all the people. Yep. Um, we are team clear coat. We're an automotive podcast. Yes. Right? Yes. Normally. Normally. On normal days. But that's not this part. Nope. That is not this part. This part is a part that we do called the after show. Because really, when you boil down Team Clearcoat, it's it's this right here. It's yeah. this. You and me, buddy. Dave you and, and me. Ian are yeah. friends. The show. Yep. I'm pointing at you. Yeah. Right? And I'm, I'm, yep. 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 Point, 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 yep. Pointing. Yep. There we go. Yep. Yep. Uh-huh. Yep. Ian. Oh, God. Ian. What's happening now? We're friends. Yep. Let's talk about let's talk about non car stuff on yes. our after show. And if you had any thoughts about how uh, episode seventy seven went, um, you know, yeah, certainly. So yes. you came locked and loaded. Today. I am. I am. I yeah. am. I am ready to go. You got one in the chamber. I've got something that's been bugging me. Okay. Um. And I and I want to address it because I think it's something that I don't want to. I would never ever use the word directed at myself. Expertise. Oh, okay. Never. Okay. Never. But I have some experience in this particular area. Okay. And let, let, I let feel me get like in my comfy after show position. <laughs> yeah. Oh, nice and relaxed. Hey. I feel like I can, might be able to. There's a. There's been some things in the news, uh, and a, a particular phrase that's been tossed around. Yeah. That that has sort of bugged me. Uh, because of the way it's been used, and I, I want to kind of explain what I think is actually going on with it. Okay. So, um, we're is about the news. So, um, for the short time that Donald Trump has been president, oh, God damn it, and it's only been a short time. Mm. Um, there's been a lot of talk about the deep state. Yeah. Okay. About, about the idea that that either pol, uh, you know Obama uh, political appointees or professionals, you know, also known as bureaucrats within the uh, within the government, have been actively working to undermine Donald Trump. Right. Right. And I'm not really going to talk about whether or not that there there's anything to that or, or anything like that. I just want to address the, the the term deep state. Okay. And what I think um as an as a group, um, government employees would take issue with with the, the Trump administration. Okay. So when you when you say deep state, what what is that term used to describe? That term is used to describe basically um the 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 workings of the government. The government it's it's basically I think uh, used it's basically describing the inertia of the federal government and the federal workforce. Okay, that kind of operates without oversight of elected officials. Okay, so, okay. So, so this is sort of the the 
you know, that we, we kind of think of, and I think the Republicans have been very good over the last 40 years of sort of painting a picture of the government as this like monolithic thing that, that, right. that moves in one direction and, you know, right. just goes to like, just works to like uh, make things worse. Right. When in reality, it is a lot of professionals right that are doing their jobs and then they have oversight of you know from from people who are elected to to do an agenda and all that sort of stuff right so i think uh and and obviously that that bureaucracy has an inertia and we concentrate a lot on the negative aspects of that of like why it's bad that that it has inertia and right. why it's hard to get it moving sometimes right you know like the dmv thing and you, you know right that. right but that's also a feature. That is a feature, not a bug. <laughs> okay. Okay. It's a feature because the idea is that it it does take a a bit of expertise and patience and and knowledge to be able to turn the ship. Right. Um, the right. idea the idea is that someone can't take power and change everything overnight. And right. the, the, really, the bureaucracy for people who are fans of limited government really should should kind of embrace some aspects of that with the bureaucracy, and it does result in inefficiencies and all of that. And there's, there's definitely merit to tackling some of that. But the other argument is that it's a check against, especially executive power. Right. Right. That you have to know how to work those level, levers to make them work. So, and. And within the government, there's the what the gamut of 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 political beliefs and you know personal you know work ethics and right. everything a- approaches yeah uh-huh. everything yeah. that you would see in a normal motivations workplace. yes absolutely yes but in aggregate because of the way the government is structured what they really what the the deep state or the bureaucracy can't stand is chaos or a power vacuum. Yes. You know, when there's no, when there's a lack of direction. So I honestly think, and you know, he, he's made a point of purposefully not uh, fulfilling all of his, all of his appointees, especially at some department, like the Department of State is, is very bare bones staffed right now. Um, some of the other um, uh, departments are, are the same way. Um, and I think what's actually happening is that it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a chaos vacuum or it's it's a chaos it's a reaction to that chaos okay not necessarily his politics because you have to remember a lot of these people who are supposedly rebelling against him for political reasons have been around for two or three administrations right you know right. and have done these same jobs for 20 plus years so it's not like you know, they all walked off the job when George W. Bush was there. It's not like they're all right. secret Democrats and are trying to undermine a Republican president. It's that it he they're reacting against ineptness because right. they don't know how to govern. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And so it, it's process over policy at this point. Like at some point, process becomes more important than policy to a bureau to bureau to the bureaucracy. Right. Right. And that's that's what. I think is actually happening. I don't think it's a it's a political decision that's happening in mass. Okay. Okay. So that's a, that's all that's all I got. Uh, I I okay. So I I've, I've spent my whole career around 
right. federal government workers of right. one stripe or right. another. And so that's that I, I honestly think that's what it is. Very few things are as upsetting in a, a bureaucratic or a corporate environment as chaos, right? At, right. At, at, without a clear path of leadership, of escalation, mm-hmm. of all of this stuff, so many things fall apart. And it just ends up with it, it, it ends up emboldening people that shouldn't be making decisions to make them. And it gives them extra authority because people are just looking for a direction right. or some kind of orders. And right. so and so it's even worse in the government situation because you you can't even have that happen. Right, right. Because it's like by law not allowed. Right. <laughs> you know? Um it's it's it would be it would be a felony to do that. Right, right. So so then you end up with nothing but but you know, with of, of chaos, right, right, and and if you think about like the motivations for someone becoming a government worker who's a professional and is motivated, right, right, it's certainly not pay. They've had a pay freeze yeah. for like six years, right, right. Um, you not know, not pay, not benefits. Uh, benefits maybe a little bit, but like definitely not pay, right, for sure. It's stability, exactly, and that exactly. stability is no longer there. Yeah, yeah. And so now they have no incentive. You've removed the only incentive right. for the government worker yeah. besides a sense of duty, which is a real thing in, in, definitely, in definitely. the ranks of bureaucrats. Yeah. But like, yeah, that's what's happening. They have no stability anymore. Right. They have no direction at work. They may not have a boss. Um, that's that. The process is what is broken, and yeah. that is what is being reacted against right right and and rather than react against conflicting politics reacting against a broken po- uh policy a broken process broken, broken processes yes, yes broken processes yes yeah yeah i i get that that's i never would have thought about that but i think you're right yeah yeah and, and i think part of it is that we we do a bad job of thinking about the government like the actual functioning of the government in human terms that like right. there's somebody at the other end of that tax dollar doing the thing that we're paying for. Right, right, right. Yeah. There's an yeah. office full of people doing the things. Right, <laughs> right. And we don't think about the office full of people doing the things. We think about the government doing the right, things. Right, exactly, exactly. And that's not how it works. Right. It's it, not magic. Right, yeah. Oh, man. So yeah, I get frustrated with with the idea of uh, of of like you know government as this other entity. Like it's right. not like your neighbors who go to an right, office right, job. Right. You know there are federal government employees everywhere. Right. Right. It's like the largest employer and you know one of the largest employers in the country. You probably know someone at oh, least yeah. tangentially who works for the federal government. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and they may be a piece of shit. But more likely, they're you know a professional who's just trying to do their job and exactly. doesn't know what the fuck's going on right now. Right, exactly, and could qu- be hurting more than somebody with a civilian job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Uh, so, I've worked in corporate environments that they used to be government entities and then were private. Oh, interesting. And it's very. It was very interesting to see the culture mm-hmm. that was still residual from the government days. Like 
rigidly hierarchical sort of stuff. Very, very much. And also very, um, a lot of like, if somebody did something wrong or didn't do something, a lot of, uh, well, I don't want to get them in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you know, it is, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. It is incredibly frustrating right. to do, especially in my field of technology where yeah. like you're, you end up dealing with things that are 10 years old. Right. All the time. Yeah. And you can't get people to move forward. Right. But at the same time, honestly, I feel like the Trump administration is the best argument for the bureaucracy that I've ever seen mounted anywhere. Like, yeah, because if it was, if it was agile and easy, right. That wouldn't be a good thing. right? No, no, it would be a bad thing. Yeah. And I, and I think honestly, the, the difficulty, like knowing how to work the levers of government, which is a kind of a a cliche, but it's, it's apt here. There is merit to it because you, if you, by learning the processes, you end up learning about like why things are the way they are sort of right, thing. Right. And sometimes it's fucking stupid and it, it needs to change. Right. I'm not saying that that's never the case, but you do, um, you, you do kind of have to force yourself to learn the policy in a deeper way. If there's, if you, if you're learning the process, right? Right. Right. And so they're very what they're very much intertwined in a way that they aren't in the private sector. You know, I think in private sector it seems like process is a lot more arbitrary. Right. And and can can adapt. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And for the most part in the federal government, especially, it's its process is is its is a policy unto itself right. because it's what keeps people from going crazy. Yeah, yeah. And running amok, you know, <laughs> right. and wasting your tax dollars and all that sort of stuff. Right. So yeah, that's my that's my uh, deep state rant. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I yeah. I, so. I, no, I I have, I have to tell you, I never would have thought about about that about a vacuum being quite possibly just as destructive or more destructive than a uh, Cheeto covered human being. Um, yeah, and I I mean, I'm, personally, I think his policies are fucking abhorrent. But, right, right. They're awful. Yeah, but. I don't think everybody in the federal government feels that way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just law of averages, the way that the election broke down, there's yeah. no possible way right. that the government is 100% Hillary voters. Right, exactly. <laughs> you know? So so when someone says something like, you know, I'm a Washington outsider, you know, like I'm, you know, I'm not a politician, right? right. Whenever I hear a candidate or someone say that, that makes them less attractive to me as a candidate. Right. Because like that, I don't want someone coming in and just lobbing a hand grenade into, you know, like the llama pit of government. You know, I want someone who knows how to talk to the llamas and get wool from them. Right. When I was, (laughs) when I was 20, that idea really did appeal to me. Right. Right. Yeah. But you know, now that I've been around it enough, like I realize, oh, there is like, there's a reason for all of this stuff. Right, like, There's right. a reason for for all the bloat and everything. And the other thing, too, is like there is – don't get me wrong. I've seen crazy amounts of waste. Right. Oh, yeah. Not to say things don't need to change. Yeah. They absolutely do. And there's stuff that is arbitrary and stupid and, and needs to be changed. But the other thing that I've noticed is that 
I I feel like politicians definitely attack it the wrong way. Like they attack it from the top down. Right. Which from the outside does seem like it's it makes sense, but I think honestly the departments are so big and the budgets are so huge and there's yeah. so many people that there's no way someone at the executive level would be able to make enough decisions to affect the change that they want, you know, to right. save money or whatever. Really, it's it would be more about empowering those like mid-level managers who are, you know, whose employees are touching the waste every day or, right, you, know, right. you know, who owe, actually own those processes. Right. Like, you, nobody ever talks about, again, nobody ever talks about federal government or or government reform in human terms of like, hey, we have these professional people here who can do these things. Right. It's, I'm going to make a cut to this department. I'm gonna, right, exactly. I'm going to appoint a new secretary of whatever and and think that that's going to make all the difference. Right. And that's just not how it works. No. So, yeah. Yeah. Ian? Yes, Dave. Let's, first of all, I thank you. Thank you. Because that's honestly, like, in my day-to-day life and what I digest from news media, things like that, uh, since I'm not reading the fake news. Yeah. <laughs> the fake news. I'm, I'm reading real news. Real news. Most glorious. The most glorious, luxurious, real news. Gold-plated news. Since I'm, I, since I'm digesting news, like that, that kind of editorial is really, I really appreciate it because that's not something that I feel like any news outlet that I consume would have delivered to me, right? right? That kind of context. I think that's, that's a hot, fresh take on why. Well, it may be wildly inaccurate. So no, I, no, I don't (laughs) think don't see, don't do that. Don't do that. Ian, you made you made a really good point, a really well thought out point. Don't don't bat it to the ground, Ian. You did it. See, I'm Ian. Nope, nope. Here's what Cat. you do, Ian. You you piled up your little stones, all uh, nice and neat. Yeah. Fucking stand on them, man. <laughs> you did. You deserve to. All right. You did. All right. No. Anyway, anyway, you saw a movie. I did, <sighs> Ian. Ian. Transitions. I love you, buddy. I love you. Smooth. I love you. I I love that. I like the point in the conversation where I'm figuring out how to engage because what you're telling me is something I've never thought about before. So I'm digesting it. I'm listening. I'm trying to, I'm trying to correlate it to things that I know. Right. Mm -hmm. And then that crosses the line into me telling you I appreciate that process that you put me through to do that, and that's when you have the problem. No, nope. that's when you shut, shut it. it down. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, we, yeah. This is verging on compliment. No, thank you. Yeah, I, I can keep like putting it in here, but as soon as I start to put it out there, mm-hmm. tennis racket mm-hmm. just. Keep it in there. <laughs> Keep it in there. You know what? Nice and tight. So since on the last show, uh-huh. right, you had to put $2 in the jar. Yeah. Right? Maybe a thing for me is when I compliment you, I have to put a dollar in the jar. Well, but then the house will get floor closed on. We won't have any place <laughs> to record. I, I, I think for the dollar in the jar thing for our, our charitable donations, uh-huh. you, you should just be able to say dollar in the jar, right? <laughs> like... You know? All right. Yeah. Okay? Okay. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Ian, I saw a movie. You did see a movie. I've never seen it before. It was completely new to me. 
That's usually what happens when you see a movie. Usually, well, you know, typically. Yeah. Yes. It, it's a classic. Yeah. My girlfriend and I. Yes. Watched The Sound of Music. Oh. Yeah. We've talked about this on the show before. Yeah, we talked about as a very special movie for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. no, I, I love that. You I, knew you were you were a boy, yeah. becoming a man. Well, who I liked I was girls a boy before that. Yeah, there we go. Heter- yep. heterosexual boy. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And now I think the story is probably more appropriate than ever. <laughs> <laughs> For the love of God. Yeah. Because apparently Nazis are yeah, still around. Because they're Nazis. We have to fucking fight them. So what do you think about the sound of music? So I think, I think it's th- the best musical ever. Um, I really, really like the Book of Mormon. Well, I do too. I would, uh, yes. I, I, personally, I think. I, I've not seen Hamilton, obviously, but. Right. I, I think Book of Mormon is my favorite because, you know, I was raised very religious. I'm not religious anymore. Um, and I think that it managed to criticize religion, but still not um, not make people that practice religion feel like pieces of shit. Right, yeah. It didn't punch down. Yeah, yeah exactly. There you go. And but, I, I but, think but Sound of Music, what did you right. think of Sound of Music? I I thought it was really good. It was fucking long. It's very long. It's <laughs> two hours and 56 minutes long. Yeah. There's an intermission, you yeah. know? Yeah. Whew. Which is handy. You go pee, you know? Yeah. You fill the popcorn? Whatever. Also, that's what the pause button's for. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it was, it was really interesting. It was, it was a, it's a great movie. The cinematography is fantastic. The everything is beautifully shot. The songs are great. Uh, the story is is wonderful. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it, for every reason, it deserves to be a classic. I do have one very important question. Sure, which is that you sat. Maybe it's not even a question. It's a, more of an observation and just. A bemused observation. Yeah, yeah. That you were able to make it through the sound of music. Right. And yet, you have a hard time watching, like, a seven-minute car video. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Well, because... How did you How did you manage to sit through sound of music? Well, it, it's, it's a classic. Like, it's... Like, if I had never seen The Godfather... Mm-hmm. Right, I mean, like you have to, you have to see that. Like, I think that's not the right answer. I think the right answer is that you watched it with your girlfriend. No, no, because I've watched long stuff on my own. Okay, that I, you know, that is like that. There, there's a a weird mix to some media, right? Where it's like you understand it's like a foundational aspect of a lot of pulp, pop culture, a okay. lot of references and things like that. Fair enough. Yes. Right. So it's 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 a preparation. It's a qu- more of a question of preparation, yeah. than the actual sitting down to watch the thing. Yes, it's yeah. it's if you if you tell yourself this is important, I need to do this. Yes, then you're ready. And yes, you're good. It, exactly, okay. exactly. Right. That makes sense. Yeah, it, and so I feel like um, I I feel like that there are times when I do struggle. You know, obviously riddled with ADD, right. but uh, that I do struggle with with things like that where. Um, it, it's, it is hard for me to digest like a long linear content. Right. And I I wouldn't want to watch sound of music again. 
unless there was something I knew I was looking for that I missed or that I knew like, you know, like next time you ch- watch it, look at the interactions between so-and-so, right? right, right. right? Like, you know, I would probably fast forward to that, right? Mm-hmm. You know, or t- to a couple minutes before it, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's, it's not something that I, I would want to do all the time, but it was, it was really good to sit down and, you know, and, and watch it, especially with my girlfriend who's seen it, you know, a bunch of times, you know, and, and, you know, like whenever I see something or something is mine and like I show it to you or I show it to my girlfriend and it's the, the first time they see it. Mm-hmm. It's cool seeing something new through someone else's eyes. Yes. So I was those eyes for her when we watched it, right? Yeah, that would be cool. And yeah. it was really cool to share that experience of me seeing it the first time uh, with her, like us watching it together. Right. You know, that's a cool experience. You know, um, not a bad way to spend, you know, a weekend, a, a no. Saturday, right? Yeah, that's great. Yeah. And so, yeah. But I, I do feel like there are kind of these, like, these really, like, cultural icons you know mm-hmm. that like it almost feels like you have to see them it like it should almost be mandated in class you know right to see some of these things right like um yeah i i really did like citizen kane i saw citizen kane have I still have never seen it okay but it's i really bad i really I think you should it. because i think you would really appreciate a lot of the techniques that went behind, that right. went into making citizen kane mm-hmm. um yeah i've seen godfather 1 and 2 haven't seen 3 but you know 3 right. um yeah you know like i i don't know i it, and my my uh, pop culture consumption when it comes to those foundational aspects really falls off when it comes to the written word when it comes to books mm-hmm. you know like i've read fahrenheit 451 yeah stranger in a strange land mm-hmm. you know and i i really enjoyed those i actually enjoyed the hobbit i read the hobbit and that was the first ebook i read on a handspring visor i don't know if you remember those things it was a palm pilot clone oh really? it ran palm os yeah oh wow handspring visor fantastic device you read a book on one of those? Oh yeah, I read several books. Oh, yeah, wow. I read Fahrenheit 451 and and The Hobbit and Stranger in a Strange Land. When was Land. that? That would be 2000 and yeah, 2000 2001. Oh wow. Yeah, around then. Wow. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Uh-huh. Thing ran on just two AA batteries. Yeah. 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 It was I think awesome. I had a I had like a crappy version of the Palm like really uh basic version of the Palm yeah. around then. Yeah. And it, I'd never used it. <laughs> the, the handspring was fantastic. Like, huh. I actually really liked Palm OS. Like, it was a good OS. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Yeah, this furthers my theory that whenever you get nerds together, inevitably the conversation turns to old technology. Right. Yeah. It almost always does, right? Yeah. And I yeah. usually am like, yeah, whatever. Right. It's, yeah. It's the reason it's the reason it's not around anymore. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So what do you think, like, are some of those like really cultural like icons for you? Like, can you think of like, are there albums that you think people need to listen to front to back? Mm. It, like, like, you know, people, you know, you need to see the Godfather, you know, like stuff right. like that. Like, do you think that like Pink Floyd, the wall, you know, I wouldn't say the wall. Right. I would say if any Pink Floyd album, definitely dark side. Would right. Be the one that like, you know, because that kind of tells you everything you need to know about that genre of rock. Right. I would say, I don't know, one rock album, 
Abbey Road. Okay. You yeah. Know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't, right. I, I, I don't think I subscribe to the idea of mandatory art. Right. I don't think. Yeah, I don't think that works. Um, because I do think that, like, I think it's it's more interesting to hear, um, like the different orders in in which people arrive at things. Right. So right. you know, I arrived at you know Abbey Road at a different point in my life, and right, and from a different direction than someone else did. And I feel like if it, you know, if everybody read, you know, everybody reads. Um, Romeo and Juliet, right? The freshman year of high school, right? Sure, like, sure. Everybody reads that, yeah, around the same time in their life, and you know, no, so nobody has a story of like, well, let me tell you about the first time I read Romeo and Juliet, right? Because right. it's everybody's story, right, right? Right. And so, like, I think that your experience with art is probably more important than your retention of it or your understanding of it or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And so, like if everybody's experience with it is different, I think that's better than, than, than everybody's consuming all the same thing. Definitely. Definitely. Yes. So that that would be my answer. So a total cop out is my answer. <laughs> so, so I, I also think that there, there are some like cultural icons like that, where there are so many references to them like the like the sound of music was to me, right? Where like you get it, you understand the reference and how it fits in with the context of whatever. Yeah, or like saying. someone who hasn't seen Star Wars would be in the same situation, right? Yeah, you get it, right? right? Yeah, like you could pretty much like, like nothing uh, yeah. is really going to be a surprise. Yeah, like understanding references without having actually seen the art, right? Yes. Yeah, right. I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. So. So if something like if something becomes like that to me, mm-hmm. then I'm gonna want to see it just to kind of button it up, right? You know, <laughs> close that loop. And yeah. Mind. Otherwise, uh-huh. it's just yeah. like, yeah, does not compute. Does not compute. Yeah. Well, it, it's it's not that. It's like, well, like I sh- I feel like I have even made references to it myself. You know, like right. I should at least see it to make sure, like I don't make some dumb reference to it. Right. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, so I I finally saw the sound of music. I saw your girl, Liesel. Yeah. And uh, it was a it was a good movie. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. 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 yeah it, was, really it was fantastic. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, buddy. Yeah. What. What else do you want to talk about? This is deep for an after show. It is. The nature of I know. Normally, we just talk about butts. Bureaucracy. I know. I think we should end there. I think we let's not even try to claw our way out of this. Don't you have a couple albums you want to recommend? Oh, yeah. Yeah, sure. Hit us with Ian's hot picks. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa, whoa, whoa. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Talking bureaucracy on Team Clearcoat. (laughs) 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 Um, yeah, so there's a couple of things that I've been listening to. Okay. Um, a couple, two albums by older bands. Okay. Um, the first one, um, that I was listening to was the new Clap Your Hands Say Yeah album. Okay. Which I'm guessing is not a band that you are familiar with. Nope. But they were sort of, um, like, along with the Arctic Monkeys, like the first, that first iteration of the buzz band the like the blog band okay uh-huh. that hit because of like 
that they were like popular before they had an album out sort of thing. Gotcha. Okay. You know, um, and it, it was kind of them and Arctic Monkeys and like the Rapture in the early 2000s that, that kind of, um, kind of personified that. And more than any band, Clap Your Hands Say Yeah was always sort of like a cautionary tale for that. Okay. Um, along with like maybe like tapes and tapes because uh, they, their second album, their sub- subsequent albums weren't great. Okay. Their first right. album was awesome. Right. Um, but um, this, their most recent album that just came out called The Tourist is really good. Okay. Uh, it's very indie rock-ish. Uh-huh. He, the guy has like a weird voice and the whole thing, but it's really, really good and I can't recommend it enough. Um, so if you if you liked Clap Your Hands Say Yes, first record, okay. way back when, like 15 years ago when it came out, uh, you will probably like this again for the first time. So, okay, um, okay. Which is good. And then the other one, uh, the new there's a new Brian Jonestown's Massacre album out, and I love Brian Jonestown's Massacre. And okay. I, do you like them? I feel like you would like definitely like them. I'll have to listen. Yeah. You you've definitely heard some of them because they were big like that mid nineties. Okay. Uh sort of like um it was kind of there's a big there's a documentary about it and everything. Oh. Them and the Danny Warhols. Oh, okay. Like they were sort of who the Danny Warhols were kind of ripping off a little bit. Okay. Um and their lead singer is like this weird genius dude. Um but yeah. You would like Brian Jones on Massacre for sure. Okay. They have a new okay. album out and I really like it. It's a little more uh, you know, the the lead singer isn't out front and um it's a little more instrumental and stuff. Really like it. Okay. So the third one that I've been listening to, uh I can't actually pronounce any of it because it's all in French. Okay. But my buddy Rob, who uh does um the Turn of the Century podcast? The Turn of the Century podcast that we've talked a lot uh, about on the show. Uh, sent me this recommendation um, uh, like a week or two ago. Okay. And I may have had some drinks when okay. he sent it to me. All right. And I listened to like half of the first track and and long story short, a vinyl showed up at my door <laughs> like yesterday. Okay. And I was like, I don't remember ordering this. <laughs> no, I did. But... uh yeah, it's this great French Canadian, like sort of, uh, um, kind of prog rock band, but not really like more like math rock, I guess. Um, that's very good, and it's uh, called the name of the album is "I Love You So Much." I will give Dave a a link to the album. Okay, we will, right. we will give a, an all music link to the album to put in the description. Okay, avec le soleil. <laughs> is the name of the band. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah. And, but it's got a cool like uh, artwork and stuff. So we'll we'll put a link in the description. Nice. Listen. Go. So go look in the description. Follow that link and listen to it. Okay. Okay. That's all I got. All right. I have been listening to Run the Jewels three. Still. Oh, so have I. Right. Just on repeat. Talk about staying power. Yeah. Didn't do that with the DJ Shadow album. No, sir. Nope, but I did pick that one song with Run the Jewels on it and put that on my running playlist. Yeah. 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 I was watching Silicon Valley the other day. I've been watching that show. Yeah. Uh, I'm in season two. Uh And I think they end either the season one finale or the season 
to episode one episode with a run the jewel song. Yes. And yes. so, so the way I do it is I will, I, I'll go to the gym, hit the treadmill on the bad weather days. Right. Mm -hmm. And I'll line up two Silicon Valley episodes. Oh, nice. Right. I'm a, I'm a phone. I'm, I'm Plex. And I get to stop running for my life when I've watched both episodes. Okay. Okay. And, uh, because I'm a cardio boy who does cardio things. Yeah. Apparently this is, this is what I do. So, uh, weights are also very heavy, so I refuse to lift them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just my new, my noodly arms yeah. don't take to them. Uh, so I was, I was listening to, or I, I watched one episode, watched the second one that had run the jewels on it. And I think I, for that day, I think I was running maybe about 10 minutes longer than I had planned. It was, I was feeling good, you know? Uh -huh. And I was like, that's like, I just put on like three run the jewel songs and then just like slowly was just like every minute I was upping like the treadmill by like two tenths of a mile per hour. <laughs> and at the end of it, I was running like eight miles an hour, just like, ah! <laughs> yeah, very angry and yeah. like, you know, yeah. Mouthing the lyrics and yeah. 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 That's, that's how you, that's Hopefully how you do just mouthing. Yeah, exactly. Right. Just Not screaming, shouting them. Every like third yes. mouth run the jewels. Yeah. Lyric. Cause guess what? I, I can't say, Killer Mike's lyrics. Nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. But yeah, that album's ridiculous. It's uh -huh. so good. Yeah. So good. Yes. Keep listening to Run the Jewels. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And listen to anything that Killer Mike has to say about, especially about the current political environment, because the guy's on point. Yeah. The guy's he's, on he's a smart point. Smart dude. Yeah. Smart dude. <sighs> I yeah. am a sleepy dude. Yeah. I am too. I'm blinking a lot. You are. I could tell you were getting tired. Yeah. yeah. Am I slurring my speech like as if I was in a Nissan uh, Quest minivan? Yes. I am. Oh. You started about halfway through your art oh. discussion. You started slurring a little bit. Yeah. I actually thought to myself, I was like, oh, Dave's getting tired. Dave's getting sleepy. Oh, look at the low guys running down, <laughs> running down. This blanket fort needs a sunroof. Um, let's wrap it up. Yeah. So, Ian. Let's get you a juice, buddy. People can find you and I on the internet at different locations. They but can. also the same locations. We're both on Instagram and Twitter. <laughs> yes. I am. This is how my brain works when I'm sleepy, right? Uh -huh. I, I go full-blown Carl Pilkington. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't had any Carl outbursts lately. You haven't. I think you it haven't. was a phase. I had a Carl phase. You did have a little bit of a Carl phase. It was yeah. weird. Yeah. I, I dug it, though. I got to see what I can do to get back to Carl. I think just sleep deprivation yeah. is I think what that, it I is. Think this is it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, Ian, you're on the yeah. internet at I roll so hard, E Y E roll so hard. Yep. Twitter, Instagram. Yeah. Right. Yep. I am on the internet, knock knock goose, N U K, N U K goose, Twitter and Instagram. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Give us a follow. Uh, Team Clear Coat. Yeah. We are an automotive podcast that occasionally does what you've just watched. Which is, or listen to. Or listen to. Uh, yeah. yeah. So rate and review us on iTunes. Please do. Subscribe on YouTube. Yep. Um, and send us email, teamclerk.gmail.com. Yep. Twitter, Tumblr, Facebook, Instagram. Facebook, all us. Primarily, we're on Twitter and Instagram more than anything. Yes. Mostly Twitter. Yeah. 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 We, we seem to be the best reached via Twitter. Yeah. By, by the tweets. Yeah. I respond to Facebook messages pretty quick. Oh, okay. Pretty, okay. Pre pretty quick. Pretty, pretty. Too uh, sweet. I'm tired. Okay, let's wrap it up, Ian. Wrap it up. Okay. Ian. Dave. 
We did it. We did it. Thanks. We done did it. Thanks, buddy. Go drive that Ford Focus. I will. We so love you guys. Please don't get a ticket. And yes, we do love you guys. Okay. <laughs>